Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Backstage Gaming, dramatic takes on your favorite games. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And welcome to 2022. Boy, howdy, right now it's feeling like second verse is the first so far, but we're out here. To, to, quote, to quote Linkin Park, together we made it. We made it even though we had our backs up against the wall. <laughs> Forever not, we waited. No, sorry. I have not you... quoted Linkin Park in a decade, probably. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah, got some um, great tunes though <laughs> that that was their collab song with busta rhymes i forgot that that happened they that collabed totally with so many thing. people <laughs> there were so many lincoln hang on okay yeah how Everybody, many we're rappers gonna... did lincoln park collab with <laughs> I'm 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 after Google Linkin Park collaborations. Everyone, this week we're going to be talking about video game advertisement. We did our live show back in 2019, I think. Yes. Uh, uh, God. Um, yeah, it was no, it's been it a minute? But we did. Be, yeah, it would have had to be 2019, right? Yeah, because it was it was it was associated with C2E2 of 2019. We did a live show. Uh, that was a blast. We we talked about video game ads, but it was. A, a very different sort of vibe than our usual stuff because, you know, we were playing to the audience and we were trying to kind of like, you know, play yeah. to the crowd, leaving room for laughs, be a little goofier than we usually are, which is saying something. Um, <laughs> we so were we're going to get to that, but first I need to finish Googling Linkin Park collaborations. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> well, there's a billboard chart titled Linkin Park's five best hip hop collaborations. So it's more than five. Jesus Christ. We'll, we'll use that as a springboard. Okay, here's, here is the full list. This is a title playlist created by title of Linkin Park Collaborations. Uh, Numb and Encore, Jay-Z and Linkin Park. I'll Be Gone, Feet Push a T. Uh, Dirt Off Your Shoulder with Jay-Z. Big Pimpin' with Jay-Z. Slow Your Roll with Young Buck. Uh, so that was just Chester Bennington, not Linkin Park proper. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot with Jay-Z. Yeah. Several I with mean, Fort I should Minor. Hope so. They made an entire album yeah, together. Yeah, that album fucking slaps. It's so several, good. Several with Fort Minor. Paige Hamilton. Oh, shit. They did John Legend. They did a collab with John wait, Legend. Wait, excuse me? Uh, Hi, welcome to the Linkin Park podcast, yeah, everybody. And then uh, one we, with, I uh, now have a new hyperfixation. <laughs> this is a wild list of songs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they did a cover that Chester Bennington again, not Lincoln Park proper, but Chester Bennington was featured on a Santana song called what? "Riders on the Storm." Uh, we Yo, okay, I, we need I to stop. This was as funny being... as I hoped it would be, but we have to move on, or this no, entire okay. episode will all, be about. All I'm going to leave this Park. at. All I'm going to leave this at is, um, and maybe we'll even call back to this Lincoln Park uh, conversation later down the episode. I might have something, maybe possibly. What I will say though is, um. 
Man, I, I I wish there's there's a part of me just because of this that wishes that I stayed down the Linkin Park rabbit hole. But like I feel like that's kind of impossible. Like Linkin Park's such a time and place. Yeah, very very much so. Though again, I have revisited specifically the collab album they did with Jay Z and it was very good. It's, now let us we need to album. climb out of the Linkin Park hole immediately. <laughs> okay. It's been, uh, if you we, guys think we should do an episode based on Lincoln Park, you can uh, hit us up on <laughs> Let us Twitter. know on Twitter, but this episode isn't, But we've, although we've already spent three minutes talking about <laughs> Christ alive. I love okay, it. Okay, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> so, Dylan, what, yes. what brought the idea of game advertising back into your brain? This is, again, um, this is something we've, we sort of touched on a few years ago, but you, you so brought it in, up, and I'm, I'm wondering... In the live show, uh, we, we talked a little bit about uh, Nintendo's Who Are You campaign and uh, Sony's uh, Live in Your World, Play in Ours. Like, those are both equally powerful slogans, and I love them a lot. And um, I guess, like, I was, I was kind of thinking about how immersion used to be marketed um, and the, the act of role-playing as a character or, like, living in this world. It's really cool, and I've always really liked that. Um, and... We don't really have an equivalent to that nowadays, and I, I thought it would be kind of interesting to kind of reflect on this period of video game advertising that we grew up with, uh, the one that I'm most fond of, um, and kind of contrasting it with how, how do games get sold now, you know? Because it's, it's yeah. a very different vibe, um, and it, I, I think there's something interesting to be gained from examining that. Yeah, it, it very much is. There's a... There's a, there's definitely a sense, and I I will admit I don't get served a ton of like video game ads. I unfortunately do. Sometimes they're good. <laughs> then you'll have to be the the expert in the chair today. Okay. Um, but I remember seeing like the. It seems like we're almost getting back to that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like the the PlayStation Five ads that I've been served have they're going for this like. They're trying to sell this sense of grandeur in a way that I haven't really seen before. Like, all of the ads are focused on, like, these big, expansive, exploration-based games that have kind of come to be associated with the PlayStation, like, exclusivity. Okay. And then, like, juxtaposing that with shit like the moon landing and, like, <laughs> man learning to fly and, like... It's not the same thing, because we can get into this in a second. Those ad campaigns that you were talking about were, like, a very specific level of, like, selling the idea of immersion. Mm -hmm. But, like, those are the ads that I have seen recently that made me, that, like, struck me as being the most kind of similar, if not conceptually, at least in, like, sort of serious mindedness to the, game, to right. the ads I remember seeing as a kid. I'm looking at a PlayStation 5. Uh, it's not really a commercial because it's two and a half minutes. But oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, I'm watching it and it's just like a bunch of people chasing each other through a city. There's like a guy like wearing like a, a crown playing chess. And like every now and then I'll see like a poster of Nathan Drake and like Chloe uh, in the background or, you know, some equivalent uh iconic sony like modern sony character uh but like really it's just a lot of people just running around a city or looking dramatically at the tv screen and i don't know if they're actually advertising a game <laughs> <laughs> 
like there's moments where I'm like, that seems vaguely reminiscent of the PS5's UI or, uh, oh, you know, but, but like, I'm not actually, someone's flying a helicopter and nothing's happening. The top comment for this uh, trailer is, this is the greatest trailer for absolutely nothing I've ever seen. <laughs> amazing I'm, I'm actively looking for like maybe that is that like a is that a battlefield logo i'm seeing or something i i'm really confused <laughs> sorry i didn't i we keep derailing the, the no you're fine i'm enjoying your your <laughs> descent into madness i just i don't get it this is like the top result i looked i looked up playstation 5 commercial 2021 and i have proceeded to see no video game footage I've seen, like, one thing of Nathan Drake and Chloe. They were on a poster on a building in the background. <laughs> like, I, I did this so I could see, like, what you were talking about with, like, the, the advertisements you were getting. But, like, now I'm more confused. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's kind of the weird thing is, like, when you're advertising the console. Like, what do you have to go there? We used to be in a where it like and and maybe this is still a thing. I have not bought a video game console since like the Nintendo Switch back in 2018. Mm -hmm. But like, have we just gotten to the point where like what people are looking to purchase? Like what? Let me re reorient my thoughts. Uh, Chris, can I cut you off again? Yeah, go for it. I have found another video game character. Twenty two minutes and twenty five seconds into this two minutes and 34 second video that I recognize. Um, no. And I actually, like, I, I didn't register it at first because it is a statue of Aloy from uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, except, you know, she's a statue, so her most defining features are kind of obscured until you get the close-up shot of her. <laughs> at the, the very fuck? end of the commercial, and I, I wouldn't have realized that was her if not for her white girl dreads. <laughs> Like, I'll, I'll, I'll send you a picture <laughs> yeah okay so let's let's pivot off of this and let's talk about I'm sorry no you're fine let's talk about like the the thing that we are going to draw comparison to because that if that is at all indicative of modern day ad ads for video games boy howdy uh we're a far we're a long way from uh from I feel who like are you a new version of spot the dud i'm not kidding <laughs> <laughs> like look at that it's just a bunch of kids partying at the lincoln memorial but the lincoln memorial instead of abraham lincoln it's aloy horizon zero dawn <laughs> okay yeah <laughs> okay Sorry, anyway. <laughs> let's talk about what we came here to talk about. Yeah, so, Dylan, what was the Who Are You campaign? Because I remember these, and they, they were f so fucking good. God, it's, so, it's weird to, like, wax poetic about ads, but... I, I mean, I think there is a certain artistry to advertisements. And oh, like, absolutely. A really good ad makes you kind of feel emotionally involved with the product in some way. Um, and I think a lot of commercials... Especially in the early 2000s. I don't know why that was the time. Um, but I, I think they did, like, a really good job. Uh, so, like, the, the Who Are You Nintendo commercial I always think of is there is a woman in a basketball court, and she starts running, and she, like, 
I, I think someone alley-oops the ball to her, and she starts somersaulting into the air and dunks it so hard the, the rim and backboard just fall off. Yes. And she, she strikes like a perfect three-point landing, and it says, who are you? And then it shows footage of Samus doing the, the screw attack, yeah, which is there, what the, her somersaulting is based off of. So good. There was another one I remember for, uh, for Pikmin, mm-hmm. where oh, I, I need to... Hang on, I'm going to look this up so I make sure I'm describing it correctly, because I, do, oh, I mostly fine. just remember liking no it. No one's going to verify this. No one's going to be like, um, actually, Chris, the Pikmin commercial. And if they are, like, we can just laugh at them. <laughs> this, is, this is me in a very mean way saying, please don't correct us, we're doing our best. <laughs> I, what I remember, and I might be conjuring this from whole cloth, but what I remember is it being sort of a similar vibe of, like, somebody doing kind of a mundane activity. In this case, it was like, a kid going on a hike in the woods and as the kid is hiking around the uh like the foliage gets bigger and bigger and you start seeing like pikmin peeking out from behind trees and there's like one of the big giant ladybug things trampling in the distance wait i just like again i remember that like i feel like i know what you're talking about hold on that would have been a pikmin 2 commercial because the original pikmin commercial was like a nature documentary like yeah. that—that's how they were framing the gameplay footage, which is its own really clever super charming. ad. Yeah, I, okay. So I'm, I'm looking at a commercial where there's a bunch of people in Pikmin costumes running through the streets of. I'm, I'm <laughs> that's also it's... very good. Maybe I conjured this one out of whole cloth. I'm not sure, but like, there were also a bunch of different. Let's see. I remember there being a bunch of print ads. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay, these ones were great. They were there were print ads for like magazines where it was who are you and they what they did was they took it was just like a photo of a oh, person yes. and then they taped some piece of Nintendo iconography like taped it it was edited to look like there was a piece of Nintendo iconography taped over a part of the image so there's one of for Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga for the Game Boy Advance where it's two people going on a hike and it looks like they've crudely taped Mario and Luigi's faces yes. onto them. I, I remember two of these. I remember one where there was a sumo wrestler. Which is a very Kong's good face. image. Yes. I remember a sumo wrestler, wrestler with Donkey Kong's face taped on. Um, and I remember a, uh, another one which was like this lady like on a hill overlooking a, a cityscape. And she has both of her arms in the air, but her right arm taped over it is uh, Samus's uh, power beam. Yup, yup, it's so good. Yeah, and it's like it. They they don't necessarily advertise the game particularly well, and I've seen like a lot of people complain about that. But like, also shut up, because I think it's more important to sell a fantasy than it is to sell a game. Yeah, this was also, I think, part of what made this era of game advertising because there was also the the live in your world, play in ours, yeah, ads from PlayStation that were very like. I'm trying to remember, like, the, the general conceit was always, like, kind of, <laughs> uh, the, the main character of the ad being isekai'd into a game world a little bit. Right. Um, um, and I think, I think a lot of advertisements, like, even without these slogans, um, what they would do is they would catch the, uh, you know, they, these aired on, like, children's networks, like Nickelodeon, uh, WB, um, or I guess I should say Fox, whatever. Kids WB. Um, yeah. You know, like they would they would show 
sometimes it would be like the character just kind of hanging around like doing stuff in the real world or like other times it would be like really abstract and bizarre uh to catch your attention um and then as your brain is trying to make sense of what it is you're watching it's like it's a video game and you're like whoa yeah yeah i part of what sort of allowed these ads to be what they are is that this was an era before we had the ability to do anything approaching photorealistic graphics. Like the GameCube and the PS2 were still very solidly in these are polygons that you are looking at. These are these are rigs. It was a step up from the previous stuff and there's some there are some GameCube games that you can go back to that still look real good but like you're never going to mistake them for the attempts at photorealism that we started to get with like the next console generation Excuse and the you, PlayStation Silent three Hill and three looks fucking incredible anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Like yes, when yes. the 360 and the PS three came out, suddenly technology jumped enough that that became a lot more of what was like being used to sell games was like the graphics, the fidelity, the right, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And I think, I hope we're on our way out of that era. <laughs> I don't because there's only so good. Out. I care about trees looking. No, I mean like as as far as graphics, maybe hopefully if we cross our fingers hard enough. But like I feel like technical specs are always going to be, especially since like I feel like the video game industry, like in terms of advertising and like hype culture, is so much more targeted towards people our age. I I feel like. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm off base with that. But like my understanding is like millennials are still like the main target demographic for video game advertising. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Who knows what uh, is actually the case? I don't have children, so I don't. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what's being shoved at those crazy youths? Um, Fortnites. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. R- Ryu, that new Fortnite character. Um, oh, my God. I forgot. <laughs> Okay, this is this is a really slap happy episode. I'm, yeah, I'm which sorry. you know what? Sometimes that's fun. Um, I am having fun. I hope yeah. you, the listener at home, are having fun as well. Hopefully, <laughs> um, Hopefully. but yeah. So I I think that it's interesting. Like I think part of the 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 shift is that kind of gearing over, and I think that honestly, it really is like when we were kids, there were definitely games being aimed at people who were, you know, were then our, our age now. Like, there yeah. were games targeted at, like, the mid-20s and up crowd yeah, even absolutely. back then. I remember but, there being commercials for, like, Metal Gear Solid 2 and... Yeah. Uh, man, like, maybe not Manhunt, but, like, whatever. Like, dark, violent video games were being advertised. Yeah. But the... I think that the, like attitude of the industry however true this was of the actual like people who were buying the games but i think the attitude of the people who were trying to sell the games was still very much in the like we want to sell this to kids so we need to make it look like the kind of thing that a kid would ask their parents to get for them or ask for money for their parents from their parents for and i think that part of the shift towards those like technical specs being more and more the focus of at least how the consoles are advertised and like the graphics being the focus of the the game advertisement comes with people our age have our own money now Mm -hmm. and so they're they've aged up like what they are catering what they are trying to or 
the way they are trying to sell it, but they're still selling to the same sort of general target demographic as that demographic has aged up. Right. Um, but also, like, I wish they wouldn't. <laughs> I can't. I can't name an ad campaign for a console generation after the GameCube and PS2, and that is for sure way beyond. Sorry, what? <laughs> that was that was the PS. That was the initial PS3 slogan. They had like. They tried doing like the the Sega Saturn Theater of the Eye. Uh, for people <laughs> who want an explanation of what that is, you should watch our live episode. Yeah, it's um, very funny. <laughs> I think, but uh, like yeah, like just really surrealist, uh, Lynchian kind of like weirdness. Um, and the slogan at the end of every commercial was "Play Beyond." Um, I do remember PSP had like a mascot. I can't remember what his name was. I think he was just some kid like david or daniel or something um i don't remember a lot of those uh but uh the the commercials that i do remember uh in high school they had a uh i can't remember if it had a slogan but like the commercial itself was like michael and it was a bunch of uh actors dressed as various video game characters kind of having a toast to the player and i I think we've talked about this commercial before on the show um and they're they're talking like Ezio's like Michael was there for me when the Templar slaughtered my family. You know, uh, I th- I think lightning's in the bar from Final <laughs> Fantasy thirteen. Uh, but yeah, uh, you have like a bunch of people being like, man, Michael's just the coolest. We love Michael. Um, and it, it, it's kind of a fun like yeah the all of your achievements that you're raking in on the video games like. The characters are grateful for that, you know. Oh, like, yeah, I that think was that the was dawn the of achievements. Yeah. Um, I don't, like, it wasn't, like, actively advertising no, I know, achievements, I know. but that was always kind of the energy I felt from that. Like, the game remembers all the great stuff you did. That's um, really funny. It was cute. I, I, I remember uh, that commercial fondly. Maybe not, like, as fondly as some others, but it's all good. Um, yeah, and I, I guess it's, like, if we if we look at modern commercials, like I I frequently get a Nintendo Switch commercial, uh, that uh is just kind of a pop song with like a clip show playing in the background, and I'm like, this is cool, I guess, but I I kind of want to see something a little bit more focused, something a little bit more like, this is a video game that is now out only on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I and I I think that really started with the the we would like to play commercials. Like back in like 2007 for the Nintendo Wii. Yeah. Oh man, I forgot Where, about those. Yeah, you, you have these two Japanese salesmen who would go from door to door and ring on the doorbell, and like the dad of a family would answer and they would hold out a Wii remote and go, We would like to play. Um, and it would show all the games they're having fun playing, and like it's a montage of how much fun everyone's having. And again, it's cool, but I, I remember even as a kid being like, I wish that. You know, it's like, yes, you are selling the Nintendo experience. Like, this is what you will be doing when you have a Nintendo Wii. But, like, the the kid in me that liked to imagine and go on adventures, like, kind of misses that, uh, that more selling a fantasy rather than selling a console type of marketing. Yeah. I wonder how much of that also is due to the rise of, like, things like YouTube and Twitch making e3 the game awards you know name your big video game event 
into like a much more accessible thing. Yeah. I, I like, totally think that's that's a huge part of it. You know, that's where people are going for game advertisements now in the form of mm-hmm. trailers and gameplay and and you know their favorite let's play or getting an advanced copy or a demo build yeah. of a game or you know that, that was that was actually what I was going to transition to because oh, we are I, on the same page yeah. somehow in this exactly <laughs> this miasma of an episode. <laughs> um yeah, no, but I, I, I totally think it's like, yeah, it's it's all about influencers, um, social media campaigns, like if if you like Square Enix games, you will probably have um an like you will probably follow or at least see promoted uh tweets from the Square Enix account that advertise whatever game is coming out. You know, uh you probably follow if you are into video games, like as a culture, you probably follow at least one Twitch streamer or let's player. And they are probably a primary source of video game news for you. I know I found out, like, I saw Hades in, like, an E3 trailer or something like that. But, like, I didn't actually get into Hades until I saw a Let's Player play it. Yeah. And, you yeah, know, I, I had friends uploading clips on uh, t- on Twitter. Sorry, what were you saying, Chris? No, I was going to say, like, I think I think that really is a big part of it. Like, the way that we... Finding out about games, finding out about new releases has become a much more active thing. And it's really weird to me how, like, companies, they don't rely on word of mouth, but, like, they definitely know that word of mouth is probably the best way to get a buzz around your game. Yeah, they they rely on artificial word of mouth, i.e. influencers. Well, yes, but like, you know, like it starts there instead of like yeah, and on then the tr- TV or in an advertisement you see on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. No one has cable anymore. We're all a bunch of poor millennials. Yes. <laughs> I have an Amazon Fire Stick that I use to watch Hulu. Ooh. <laughs> this is not sponsored. <laughs> but it could be. Where's our money, Amazon? Bezos, fork it over. <laughs> Uh, wow. What, what is the energy? <laughs> I don't know, but I'm into it. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton more. I just, I, again, this is less like a focus, like, this is, this is what we want to get to, get across to you. And more just, I, it, or unless you have, you have a more focused well, theme that we haven't gotten I, to I, yet. I guess, but. I guess like it, it's 2022, baby. We're two years into a pandemic, Bubby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... I'm I'm kind of playing it fast and loose with this entire <laughs> backstage gaming project. What what? That's um <laughs> But yeah, like I I think that you know, the it's interesting to look at the trends in how these things are sold and sort of the narratives that are being built in these ads because speaking as a uh, voice actor who has done commercial voiceover work, all ads are stories. Mm-hmm. They can be abstract. But they're all trying to tell a story, and that story tends to end in, and then you bought our shit. And so it's it's interesting to look at the way that ads, especially about things like video games that are such narrative and and like tactile things, uh, are formulated and how that changes over time. Um, I, I will know. say, uh, like one more thing, uh, one yeah. more advertising thing we didn't touch on. There are a shocking number of video game advertisements that have been popping up in YouTube that are just like, here's footage of the game set to a famous song. Um, see Final Fantasy 15 
set to Florence in the Machines cover of Stand By Me. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> see <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake set to I don't know the band, but it is a cover of Despite All My Rage, I Am Still Just a Rat in a Cage. Yeah, and then uh, the recently there was the Final Fantasy fourteen set to yes. a cover of Fly Me to the Moon. That's what it was. I was trying to remember. Um, and also, uh, th- this is a completely different game uh, by a completely different person. Someone who does not promote NFTs, but um, It Takes Two. Uh, that also had like... Um, it it was set to a the famous song that I'm now drawing a blank on, but you know it's it's kind of fun like a little sizzle reel kind of kind of like a movie trailer except in a like played in a fraction of the time. Yeah, here's the gameplay. Here's a quick snippet of a cutscene. Here's a catchy song that like you probably remember. Yeah, it's it's all cool. It's just it feels very efficient. Efficient yeah. may, might not be the the right term, but like. I don't know. Bring back weird commercials. That's all I'm saying. I would I would um, love more weird ads. And to to tie it back to Linkin Park really quick, a lot of games that I discovered were through Linkin Park AMVs. Will you elaborate, Dylan? No. <laughs> no, that 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 will go with you to your grave, I assume. <laughs> no, I mean like a bunch of uh Tales games and Final Fantasy games that I hadn't been exposed to, I grew exposed to just through fan content um being put out and i think uh to to tie back to earlier like world word of mouth stuff i do think that like not even necessarily fandom but fandom works um have been really good in uh promoting and circulating and driving up interest for a lot of different games um at least for me speaking personally in my own experience and it's going to be interesting to see how um this increased reliance on uh fan output for ad- game advertisement, how that, uh, if that takes any sort of interesting shape. Yeah, I, I think it'll be, I think it will. I think it's just a matter of kind of figuring out exactly what that'll be. And right. Who knows? How maybe incentivize the influencers to, uh, I, th- I think the answer is usually money. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> I think uh, it's time. Yeah, I'm 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 satisfied with that. I hope you are satisfied with this very st- strange energy that we brought to the recording table today. Uh, let us know on social media about your favorite old or new video game ad campaign. Uh, I again, I'm I'm much less familiar with anything in the last like ten-ish years, so I'm excited to get some weird stuff. I hope, yeah, the weirder the better. Send it to us, and Dylan will tell you in a minute how to se- how to send those to us on social media. But before that, let me say thank you for listening to Backstage Gaming. I hope you enjoyed it. We hope that you will be back again in a couple weeks to listen to our next episode. Uh, You can find us wherever you get your podcasts on uh, the iTunes Store, Google Play, uh, the Spotify, Stitcher, your podcatcher of choice. I recently found out Spotify recently added the ability to rate podcasts. So if you like us, maybe drop a rating there as well as in iTunes. It does help things out somehow, analytics-wise. I'm not smart enough to understand that aspect of all of this, but I know that stars make brain go burr, so leave lots of stars. (laughs) You can also find us at our website, bsgpod.com, if you want to know more about us, if you want to know more about the show, if you want to contact us directly for whatever reason, you can check that out there, bsgpod.com. Hey, Dylan, what about social media? Yeah, if you want to hit us up on social media, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter, where our handle is at BSG underscore cast. 
Um, and if you want to engage with us, uh, we always appreciate it when you use the hashtag BSGpod. Uh, that is BSGpod. Also, huge, huge thanks to our friend Brendan French for the key art he has provided our show. If you dig his stuff, you can find him on his Squarespace at brennan-french.squarespace.com. That is b-r-e-n-n-e-n-french.squarespace.com. Or on his Instagram at instagram.com slash brennanfrencharts. And on his Twitter at brennan underscore French. You should also go check out our friend BioQuery. He's the musician behind our theme song, Dots on Radio, Volume 1, Instrumentality. You can find all of the rest of his music by going to soundcloud.com slash BioQuery. That's soundcloud.com slash B-I-O-Q-U-E-R-Y. Or by searching for BioQuery on Spotify. Thanks, as always, to the HP Video Game Podcast Network for having us on the network. It's a podcast full of other podcasts about video games, so go check out the rest of them. I tripped over my words a little bit there, but I don't remember where, so I'm going to keep on powering through. You can find all of the other shows on the network by going to Twitter and going to at HPVGPodNetwork, where they're constantly being retweeted. And thank you to our patrons at patreon.com slash bsgpod. It is thanks to you that we are not losing money making this show, which is an incredible uh, boon and means the world to us. And if you like the show and you want to support it directly, patreon.com slash bsgpod is a great place to do that. I think that's everything. We'll talk to you again in a couple weeks. Goodbye. Goodbye now. Goodbye.